This is God's word from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For, for unto you is born to stay in the city of David a Savior who is Christ Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see if that happened that the Lord has made known to us. They went with taste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them.
right. Now it's y'all's turn to sing. I don't know if you're going to do as good a job as they did. But take your song sheets. We're going to sing Who Is This So Weak and Helpless.
good singing. Before our next children's choirs come up, I want to spend a little bit of time with you uh, thinking about the song that you're about to hear uh, from our uh, covenant choir, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The song we just sang did a beautiful job of setting forth uh, both Jesus's humiliation and his exaltation. Uh, the fact that he is fully man and fully God. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, how many uh, rich, theologically deep, uh, and biblically soaked songs uh, have been written about the, the birth, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And it shouldn't surprise us because even in the Bible, uh, we see singing and songs composed uh, at Jesus's birth. Uh, and because the birth of Christ fulfilled the scriptures and all the promises and all the covenants, uh, we have such uh, rich biblical theology uh, right, laced through all these hymns, and, and particularly, uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the song you're about to hear. And so I just want to make a few comments uh, about the three stanzas. It's the first, the third, and the fifth stanza uh, that our, our children are going to sing. Uh, and so to prepare your hearts uh, to hear uh, from them, uh, let's just think about these words. And, and the first thing I would say when you think about this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, uh, clearly uh, for the, the first century saints who were waiting for the Lord Jesus to come, waiting for the Messiah, all right? They were uh, longing for his coming. Uh, well, we too, even though we live some 2,000 years after the fact, uh, we still long, don't we, for the return of Jesus, for the second coming of Jesus. And so every time uh, you meditate and think upon his first coming, uh, hopefully your heart is spurred on to think about the second coming as well. And, and so as we think about these three stanzas, uh, we, we ought to think in both comings. Think about the first coming, think about the second coming. So here's the first stanza, you know it. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Now, of course, uh, the saints of old uh, in uh, those centuries before Christ came, they were uh, actual exiles, right? L literally, physically exiled from uh, their homeland in Israel, uh, living in Babylon. That Yes, some had returned, but right, they were still under Roman rule. Uh, well, though we have been freed by Christ, right, yet we know the New Testament tells us that we are still exiles. We are still away from our heavenly homeland. And so we too mourn right? Mourn in lonely exile, longing to be reunited uh, to all the saints who have gone before us to glory, longing to be reunited uh, to all of God's people uh, from all the centuries past. And, and even this language of ransoming captive Israel, right? We remember the words of Paul in Romans chapter 8 uh, when he says this, uh, not only this, he says, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption, the ransoming of our bodies, right? So even though we have been ransomed, we have been redeemed, yet we still wait for the, the fullness of redemption to come. And so we can sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. The third stanza says this, O come, thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell, thy people save and give them victory or the grave. Uh, this language of the rod of Jesse uh, is actually uh, King James language taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 1. Uh, here's how the ESV puts it. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, 
and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. That word shoot is translated as rod in the King James. Uh, some of you have seen, everyone has seen, some of you have done crepe murder, right? Where you take that crepe myrtle and you just chop it all the way down. And then eventually what happens? You get a, a shoot, right? You get a rod, you get a, a, a slender uh, stick coming up that's going to eventually bear much fruit. Well, Jesus here in Isaiah is prophesied as that shoot, that rod of Jesse. And again, the, the song is, is longing for him to free us, to free us in this sense, in this stanza, from Satan's tyranny. Uh, one of my favorite passages about uh, the incarnation comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. We read this in chapter 2, 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and might deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And Jesus became a man in order to destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil. And though we know that Satan has been bound, though we know that, that he no longer uh, holds us under his tyranny as his people, uh, yet he is still prowling about like a roaring lion. Right? And so we still long right, to be free completely uh, from even his presence in our life. Uh, and no longer will he tempt us when Jesus Christ returns. And so again, we live in the already and the not yet. We still suffer. We still die. And so as the, the words say, from depths of hell thy people save and give them victory or the grave. Right? We still know that longing right, to be free from death, free uh, in every way. Uh, from all the effects of sin, all the effects of Satan. And so though we have no more fear of death, right, yet we still long uh, to have those new bodies that will never die. And in the last stanza, O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. Uh, this language, again, uh, of the key of David is taken from the Bible, it's from Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, in which uh, Jesus says, uh, the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. Now, the author of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel has taken uh, this picture of Jesus, the one who has the key, and has said Jesus is the key. Right, he is the key. And this passage in Revelation chapter 3 is actually quoting from Isaiah chapter 22 about a man named Eliakim. Eliakim, a type of, of Jesus. What does it mean to have the key? What does it mean to be the key? It means that the one who has the key is the one who's in charge, the one who has authority, right? Uh, there are some folks here on campus that have master keys. I have a master key, right? If you want to get in any room here, you can you know, come to me, even Rob Payne, and say, hey, I need your key to get into that closet, right? If you have a master key, you can let people in and let people out, right? You can say, no, I'm not going to let you into this room, right? The, the one who has the keys, right, controls the facilities. Jesus, he himself is the key. He is the door, he says in John 10, right? He is the access to the Father. And so as we pray that he would come, that he would open wide our heavenly home, we know that, that Jesus who opens the kingdom of God to all of his elect is also the one who has authority to provide and to protect us. He is the one who makes safe the way that leads on high. He is the one who closes the path to misery. And so as you hear the words of this song, and as you sing this song, 
Right? You've sung it hundreds of times probably. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. And though we do not see him, yet, as the chorus says over and over again, rejoice, rejoice. Let me close with one more passage from the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 that ties together all these stanzas and particularly that last chorus, the chorus that resounds throughout, rejoice. You hear these words from Peter, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So brothers and sisters, those of you who know and trust the Lord Jesus Christ, may your hearts be filled with joy. And if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't understand the fullness of the gospel of, of a savior who came to, to die for sins, to live for righteousness, a savior who will come again, right? And will bring judgments we've just sung upon all who do not know him, but will bring life and hope and peace to those who do. If you don't know Jesus, we long for you to know him. And I hope even as the children sing tonight, uh, the Lord would, would convict you of your sin, your need of a savior, and would give you grace to trust in him. So let me invite forward our covenant choir and our praise troop uh, to come and to sing as we close out our night. After they sing, we'll sing two more carols together and our night will be done.
Oh
Great job, y'all. Uh, parents, grandparents, I hope you never uh, take it for granted uh, what a blessing it is that we have uh, such gifted uh, musicians and, and uh, choir directors to be able to teach our children uh, how to sing, how to sing with dynamics, how to sing with joy. Uh, it is just such a, a joy to my heart as a pastor here uh, to know that, that we're helping to raise up a next generation of worshipers. Uh, I'm so thankful for Margaret and Lauren and Liz and, and their uh, tireless and devoted efforts for all the youth helpers. Uh, we're just thankful uh, for what the Lord is doing in the hearts and lives of our children. Uh, and and I, I love just to know that uh, as these children grow up, uh, they will be able uh, to sing, even to sing parts, right, Margaret? Uh, and to, to sing, even if they are like, I'm just not a great singer. It doesn't matter. You know how to read music. You can follow it. It's great. We're going we're gonna to be good. So let's stand together as we close out our night. We're going to sing these last two hymns together. It came upon the midnight clear and joy to the world. The Lord has come. Which now the angel 
and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the singing. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, we pray that the Lord will go with you as you continue to serve him, continue to worship him for all that he's done for us through his son. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, our God, we thank you for the joy that you have put into our hearts because you sent your son into this world. Jesus, thank you for emptying yourself by taking the form of a servant, coming, being born as a man, humbling yourself even to the point of death on the cross. We ask that you would cause this glorious good news to be spread throughout all the earth as far as the curse is found. Lord, we pray that you give us courage, that you give us confidence as we share the good news with those around us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the king and one day you will come again and all will be completely, perfectly, unceasingly well. We pray that you would come quickly, Lord Jesus. And until that day, would you give us faith, give us hope, Give us love, give us patient endurance through suffering, and we pray that you'd give us grace to rejoice even in our trials, that we might look to you and lean upon you and know that you are the one who reigns and rules over all. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you are at work, and we pray that you would continue uh, to do your powerful transforming of our hearts, of our lives, by your Holy Spirit working and dwelling within us. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our prophet, priest, and king that we pray. Amen.